violated no law. He was legalistically absolutely correct, but it was a bonehead idea. It was a terrible, terrible mistake to make, and it put in question for an entire decade the independence of the most significant body, including the Congress in my view, the most significant body in this country, the Supreme Court of the United States of America. To follow up on Ed's questions about the Supreme Court uh, action today, President Biden once said in 1983 he thought court packing was a a bonehead idea when FDR tried it. So why ask a panel now to go and see if it is a good idea? Well, first, he's uh, the panel is being asked to do a number of take a number of steps, including the pros and cons on exactly that issue. But they will also be looking at the court's role in the constitutional system, the length of service and turnover of justice on the court, justices on the court, the membership and size of the court, and the court's case selection rules and practices. And the makeup of this commission, which was vital for the president, uh, what is there are progressives on the court, there are conservatives on the court. People will present different opinions and different points of view, and then they'll have a report at the end of 180 days. Welcome back, Little Joe's Conservative Corner. I think the moral of the story here is always take what the Democrats say seriously. I know that a lot of times we like to laugh off what they have to say or say they're just saying that to their base because that's what they want to hear, but they're not actually going to do anything or act on it. The fact of the matter is every single thing that Joe Biden said he was going to do on the campaign trail, he has done or is attempting to do. So when these people speak, you have to take them serious and believe they're going to try what they say they're going to try. Whether it succeeds or not is yet to be seen, but take them serious for what they say. Let's get into it. On the 9th, President Biden issued an executive order forming the Presidential Commission on the Supreme Court of the United States, comprised of a bipartisan group of experts on the court and the court reform debate. In addition to legal and other scholars, the commissioners included former federal judges and practitioners who have appeared before the court, as well as advocates for the reform of the democratic institutions and of the administration of justice. The experts represented on the commission include constitutional law, history, and political science. The commission's purpose is to provide an analysis of the principal arguments in the contemporary public debate for and against Supreme Court reform, including an appraisal of the merits of the legality of particular reform proposals. The topics it will examine include the genius of the reform debate, the court's role in the constitutional system, the length of service and tenure of justices on the court, the membership and size of the court, and the court's case selection rules and practices to ensure that the commissioner's report is comprehensive and informed by a diverse spectrum of views. It will hold a public meeting to hear the views of other experts and groups and interested individuals with varied perspectives on the issues it will be examining. The first executive order directs that the commission complete its report within 180 days of the first public meeting. The actions are part of the administration's commitment to closely study measures to improve the federal judiciary, including those that would expand access to the court system. 
The two co-chairs of this commission are Bob Bauer, professor of practice and distinguished scholar in the residence at New York University School of Law and former White House counsel, as well as Yale Law School professor Christina Rodriguez, former deputy assistant attorney general in the office of legal counsel at the U.S. Department of Justice. This is all coming from the whitehouse.gov. You can read it in its entirety. It goes through the group of people that they have there. There's quite a few. Uh, the two that are most concerning are obviously the two he appointed co-counsel, which are Bauer, who served under Obama and was very critical of Donald Trump's Make America Great Again movement. And also Rodriguez, she served in the Justice Department during the Obama-Biden administration from 2011 to 2013. So these are their old school cronies. The makeup of the people involved are majority liberal progressives. You have a few so-called conservatives in the bunch, but there is absolutely no balance to the people selected like you would expect anything different from this administration or any other you know, left-leaning administration. They stacked it their way. The Supreme Court has not been a conservative's friend recently. Let's not fool ourselves. The fact that they're pushing forward with this when they have Roberts almost consistently on their side and Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett have both been pretty much a letdown since they've been in there. They definitely haven't stood for the majority of the values that I think all conservatives share. Collectively, the court is more or less liberal-leaning anyways because of their makeup. Even though technically it's six to three, you have six supposed conservative judges to three liberal judges, it's not that way at all. At best, it's a 50-50 split, and at worst, we're probably in the negative. It's probably more like three actual conservatives versus six liberals. But apparently that's not enough for them, and that's what they said they were going to do, and they're going to go for it to please their radical base. I mean, is it their radical base anymore either? Yeah, I, I keep saying their radical base, but the truth of the matter is it's just their base. They believe that all Democrats are like them. They don't see that you still do have some very moderate Democrats that probably don't really pay attention to politics, but they don't agree with their extreme ideology. And if they actually paid attention, would probably either switch parties or not vote for them at all because they can't support what they're doing. But they, since they believe everybody is the way they are, they're going to go for it. They're going to try to pack the courts. 180 days to decide. I don't know if it's 180 days for this panel to decide or is it 180 days of a constant barrage where they're going to try to make the Supreme Court look insufficient and make it look like it needs reform so they can try to gain the support of people who are not paying attention and ultimately get what they want. Another problem they're going to end up running into is Joe Biden does not have the sole power to change the amount of people on the Supreme Court. That power lies with Congress. So he can write whatever executive order he wants and try to be sneaky and take the long way around or try to beat you to the punch by taking a shortcut, but it doesn't work that way. Our system is designed where a president is not a king. You don't get that sole power, although they're acting like Biden has that sole power right now. The amount of executive orders this guy has signed in his first 100 days of office or a little over 100 days of office is more than the previous four administrations. It's absolutely absurd. 
but they're not playing by the rules. Nothing they're doing currently, they're playing by the rules. So even though it is absurd, it's not a surprise. The only thing truly stopping any of this from happening, it just goes back to that pesky filibuster. They have a few small loopholes around it where they can force some things through, but ultimately without either altering the filibuster or doing away with it completely, they're not going to be able to pass all of these radical ideas and dramatically change the United States. It's it's Unfortunately, it's changing anyways, but a lot of these real, real bad ones, like packing the courts, like the House is going to push forward on trying to put a bill together to make D.C. a state this week, they're not going to be able to get these things through. Now, to get rid of the filibuster, you just need a simple majority. I don't believe any Republican would vote to get rid of it, but then again, you never know. With somebody like a Romney, I mean, who knows? But you would assume that they would all stand firm together. But we would still have a problem because we're at a 50-50 split with the tiebreaker being Kamala heels in the air Harris. So currently we have two Democrats that claim they have no interest in getting rid of the filibuster, and as long as that holds true, then we should make it to 2022 unscathed or, you know, battered and bruised, but at least still breathing. Joe Manchin once again was interviewed by the uh, Washington Post, and he's still holding true, saying that he will not do anything to eliminate or change the filibuster in any way. We also have Kristen Sinema. She's a freshman out of Arizona. She's a Democrat who ran appealing to centrists and to Republican voters that she was more moderate and centered. Um, she actually does tend to vote against the Democrats 27.5% of the time. She's only second to Joe Manchin. So she ran on a platform telling her constituents that she was more of a moderate and more centered. She's holding true to her word as well. So, I mean, we're really relying on these two to stand their ground under mounting pressure because believe me, if you don't think these people are being harassed daily, they absolutely are. So as long as her and Joe Manchin hold out, we may actually make it to 2022. Now, in case you didn't hear... Uh, according to the Gateway Pundit, attorney Matt DiPerno releases his Michigan elections forensic report. In the report, he ended up finding modem chipsets installed in voting system motherboard and 66,194 unregistered ballots tallied in just nine counties. Trump only lost Michigan by 155,000 votes, give or take a few. And there are 83 counties in Michigan. So if they went and audited the rest of the counties, what do you think would happen? I am fairly sure Michigan would flip to Trump. Now, would that make a big difference at this moment? No. Does that prove Trump's case that there was cheating in the election? Absolutely. 66,000 votes is a game changer. What did he lose Georgia by? What did he lose some of these states by? That's more than enough to flip a state. And the fact that that's only nine counties and there's an additional 74 that you could <laughs> really dig into. Yeah. Once again, Trump is proven right. And 
we're proven right. There was absolutely election fraud. That is proof of it. How much fraud? We don't know. Ultimately, it could be much worse. It could be much less. Maybe we just found the one hot spot. One way or the other, there was fraud. Trump was right. I'd be willing to put money that says the way Georgia has just restructured their law is because Mr. Kemp is coming up for re-election here soon and he wants to make sure he wins. His whole objective was to get Trump out. So he ended up letting whatever was going to happen happen, but now he's trying to save his own skin. Well, got some bad news for him. He ain't going to be there much longer. That rhino's getting voted out in 2022. Something interesting, I saw Ed O'Keefe confirmed first-of-its-kind call between more than 100 top corporate leaders on Saturday focused on how to respond to proposed changes in state voting laws. Participants included top leaders of airlines, media, law, and investment. Some of the companies that were part of it, American Air, United, Atlanta Falcons, Levi Strauss Co., Walmart, Viacom, CBS, Aero Investments, LinkedIn, Twitter, AMC Theaters, and CBS News. And last I checked, we don't have a public-private partnership when it comes to voting rights. So all of these corporations need to stay out of it, mind their own business, run their companies, and don't get involved in our politics. It's not your place. It's not your right. We didn't elect you, so I don't know where you think you get off telling us anything. I don't see how you think that you should be changing or interjecting your opinion on anything to do with voting. Let the states handle it and the people handle it because it's our voting system, not yours. And if you don't want to play by those rules, go somewhere else. This all has to do with this woke nonsense that's going on in the United States that empowers these corporations to feel that they have a right to tell us what to do. It's real easy to get through to a corporation. That almighty dollar sends a loud and clear message every time. If their profits are going down, they're going to tighten up real quick. So make sure you pay attention. Spend your money wisely. Spend it with corporations or local mom and pop places that support local communities and support things that you have shared values in. Don't support these big corporations that are trying to tell you how to live your life and feel that they can control you and they can alter the United States into what they want it to be, not what we as a people want it to be. I'm really getting tired of these people. Oh, you know what? I have to get into this. Speaking of dumb people, you know, I know that some people unfortunately get strung out on drugs. I've actually had an uncle who's a close close friend uh, of the family that we grew up and we looked at him as an uncle and he did have a problem with addiction. Ultimately on Father's Day about 13 years ago, he took his own life. Um, it was a bad situation. It was a great person. Uh, he just had a uh, drug addiction problem and, and the drugs got him in the end. But when I hear a story come out of Joe Biden's son's mouth where he tried to smoke a piece of parmesan cheese because he thought that it was crack I, I you just gotta you gotta wonder now i mean i'm italian i love parmesan but now i'm looking at it a little bit differently ever since hunter biden admitted that he tried to smoke some so <laughs> i don't know if he ruined it for me or what but it just doesn't have the same feel that it had before i'm looking at that cheese and i'm I'm seeing rocks, and I'm like, yeah, I just don't understand how you could do that. But then again, I'm not a crackhead, so what do I know? But 
Hunter Biden's laptop, which went mysteriously missing. It's been MIA throughout the whole election. It flared up a little bit. The news suppressed it. Twitter suppressed it. Everybody suppressed it as much as they could possibly. Well, it resurfaced, and potentially what is on it is so damaging to him and his family that even a lot of your big talk show hosts can't speak about it. I know Sean Hannity says he has people on the inside and he can't even allude to what is on there because it's so sensitive that him speaking about it could potentially get him in trouble. So I have that interview for you. I'd like you to hear it. Here it is. Oh, my sources have been telling me this is coming tonight. We are learning new details about the salacious contents of Hunter Biden's laptop and hard drive from hell. This is the Daily Mail and their blockbuster report today reporting on new contents exposing Hunter's struggles, his debauchery, his conversations with his father. For example, text from 2019 showing Hunter begging Joe to run for president in part to salvage his own reputation. Other materials show he repeatedly dodged law enforcement action despite alleged involvement with prostitution, drugs, and it's worse, according to my sources. And despite not being entitled to Secret Service protection at the time, Hunter reportedly guarded by the agency while on a bender in Los Angeles. Look at the screen right there showing you photos. There's that one picture right there. This was in the Daily Mail today. That's one of two of a sexual nature that, that are there. That is another one. They both show, as you can see, we'll go back and forth and show you, that a variety of troubling situations for Hunter Biden didn't make it into his uh, new book that's coming out, been totally ignored by the media mob and showing him engaging in sex acts, drug use. Look at that. You see those teeth? Yeah, a well-known side effect for huge amounts of drug abuse, especially with crack cocaine. Remember the mob and the media, big tech, remember? They wouldn't let you see and learn what was on that laptop before the election. They told you this was Russian disinformation and it was all fake. And big tech, they were happy to participate in their big lie. And as Jonathan Turley wrote in an op-ed today, Biden's new red flag gun control proposal could apply directly to the story about Hunter and his gun from 2018. Get that for irony. Here with reactions, he's the host of Candace appropriately titled candace owens is back with us hey good to have you back candace thanks um first let's i don't know if you have the same sources i do or different sources uh this is another step but i'm told there is more and far worse have you heard that I haven't just heard that. I actually was one of the early people that shared some of the text messages that you're referring to. It is going to get much worse. Um, and Twitter locked me out of my account. Uh, they said that it was a form of victimization to the people that Hunter Biden was allegedly, I'll say allegedly now, uh, victimizing in the text message. It's going to get much more sick and much more twisted. And the fact that this was suppressed, the fact that this was allowed to be suppressed, points to a larger problem across the power of social media right now, which you talk about often. What's come out now is fully despicable. It's completely perverse, and I have a lot of questions about it. Namely, where is the Me Too movement on this, right? The Me Too movement was not about women, uh, men in positions of power, utilizing women against their will. We see a bunch of drug-fueled parties. We see these videos of women that are in compromising uh, positions. Are we supposed to believe that these women gave their consent, that they were clear-minded to give their consent for him to be videotaping, recording them, putting them on the internet, putting them on, on, on pornographic websites? Where is the Me Too movement? Why can't I hear anything from them? Where's Black Lives Matter? Aren't there questions 
questions for Joe Biden here. Joe Biden, the author of the three strikes policy. What wasn't Black America saying just a short while ago that when white people commit crimes, they don't ever see any time. But when black people commit those same crimes, they spend tons of time in prison. How many days has Hunter Biden uh, spent in prison? Uh, Hunter Biden, how many times and how forgiving the system would have been? How many strikes would he have gotten based on just the photos alone that show that he was deeply emerged in these illegal activities? A lot of this is pointedly sick, but the biggest thing that we don't want to get lost here, that we, we should not forget here, is that Joe Biden lied. He lied. He called this Russian disinformation. The, the sitting president so, of the United States so lied to the American people. I know people that have seen the entire laptop. I've interviewed the laptop repairman, for example. I have other sources that it's so sensitive in terms of how it would be characterized legally, watching my words carefully here, mm -hmm. that I can't take possession of it or else I could be charged for having possession of it. Does that make sense to you? That makes perfect sense to me. I know exactly what you're talking about. And I, I also received these messages a long time ago when it was then-candidate Joe Biden for president. Um, and I shared it on Twitter because I said to myself, this is so despicable that America needs to know this information because we have a president, a to-be president, that could potentially be covering this up. And, and this is the kind of stuff that any person, any decent human being in America would say, you know what, if there is a person that is covering up this kind of information to protect his son and not saying, you know what, I want nothing to do with you, I would not want him sitting in the White House. I and mean, this is beyond career And if the last, if the last name Candace was Trump, you think we'd oh, already gosh. have it out? Oh, my. Could you imagine if those pictures were Donald Trump Jr. or Eric Trump, what, what the media would be doing, and as if Twitter would ever be censoring it? Despicable. The double standards here are despicable. During the interview, he was talking about a few different photos, if you haven't seen them. Um, the one with, with Hunter, with the teeth one, I mean, man. You know, I, I think that would be enough to scare somebody not to do drugs. If your teeth look like that after drugs, my God, I would definitely want nothing to do with them. I don't want nothing to do with them anyways, but that would be just the final nail in the coffin that on top of all of the other problems, you end up looking like Snaggletooth. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm good on that. I, I'll do hard pass. Thanks. Uh, but... Again, you know, they are so right about the double standard. It, it has been that way. It's a two-tiered system. They can do it. We can't. They can get away with it. We can't. We'll go to jail for jaywalking, and these people can have laptops, presumably, with what they're saying. I'm assuming there's some type of pedophilia on there because that's where it was going before the election. So assuming that's what's on there, how this man is not already in custody, how is he getting book deals and making all this money? It just shows how corrupt and how crooked this system is. And now that daddy's in the White House, daddy's going to take care of him and try to bury all of this. Hopefully, there are still a few decent people in the Justice Department that when you see something like that and an injustice being done to children or any human beings, that you say, politics aside, we're going to do the right thing and we're going to bury this guy. We'll see how that goes as well. You just don't know these days. That wraps it up for me. Hope you like what you're hearing. If you do, please tell some people about me. You can follow me on Parlor Joe Little. You can also follow me on Twitter at L-J-C-O-N-S-E-R-C-R-N. If you'd like to reach out to me, Gmail, L-J-C-O-N-S-E-R-C-R-N at gmail.com. God bless. Have a great Tuesday.